Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. On today's episode, we're talking about how do you build trust fast? What's the speediness to becoming trustworthy so that your customers buy from you quicker and your employees do a better job without you having to be around? All that and more on today's episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. All right. Hey, thanks for checking another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, and I run my business, Good Advice, where, heck, we're just giving good advice to business owners all over the world. And I kid you not, it's insane looking at some of the numbers for the podcast. I'm totally humbled. Uh, It's still a pretty small podcast. I was talking to a friend of mine who they were like, man, you're going to get that Joe Rogan deal. And I was like... No, I'm about a a fraction of the coverage that a Joe Rogan episode is getting, but still looking at statistics in terms of the number of countries where the podcast is downloaded, listened to, I mean, it's over 50 different countries. It's pretty insane. It just blows my mind. And I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Cause really this podcast isn't monetized in any way. Um, I'd love to figure out how to monetize it one day, but it's not, I don't collect any kind of fees or money on it. And ultimately I do it because I just envision you, the business owner in whatever position you're in with your business, listening to the podcast and finding some really some new found strategies, some new found ideas for how you might approach something differently. You know, it's, it's whenever I think about why I got into the business world, it's frankly, it starts with like an earlier conversation of like, why did I get into like the management and leadership world, which if you don't know much about me before I started good advice, I did a lot of work in the management and leadership space. I actually worked for a management consulting company as one of their facilitators, executive coaches. And, um, you know, I just, I've, I've been passionate about leadership for a long time. I was very fortunate even years before that to be in a multitude of leadership roles. And for me, leadership has always boiled down to just what makes sense to me. You know, it's never been any like groundbreaking new theory. Um, I'm probably not going to have my name like on, you're not going to see like the Blake Benz principle. And it's like, you know, some theorem that talks about like leadership or anything like that. I've just always talked about what made sense to me. And one of those things as a boss is, you know, don't scream at your employees, be a good person. Uh, don't be a psychopath boss. Don't micromanage people. You know, if your employees have to be micromanaged, if you can't trust them, then why did you hire them? Like These are things that are just very intuitive to me. They just make sense. And probably you, if you're listening to the podcast, if you've listened to the podcast long-term, you probably agree with a lot of those things anyway. Uh, but if you don't, I hope the podcast challenges you and 
really getting continuing on this conversation, the reason I started the podcast was because business as a whole in many ways just made sense to me. So that's why I started the podcast. And today's episode is no different. I want to talk about trust today. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. And you know, if you if you aren't a typical listener to the podcast, you know, when I have these solo episodes, which we have so many episodes that go up with guests on, they share their expertise, and those episodes are pretty amazing. Um, but whenever I get on the microphone, just like the good old days, the early days of the business, the early days of the podcast, when I get on the microphone, I I just think about things that things that I'm reflecting on, considering, evaluating for my own business, concepts that maybe I've had a conversation with someone and I've been kind of turning it over in my head. And I've been thinking about this concept of trust a lot lately because so we had a, a big sale for the podcast. Um, I need to do an episode on it specifically at some point uh, in the near future. Um, I had a big sale this month, uh, $21,800. And it just was kind of mind blowing for me. It was mind blowing for me because I thought about, you know, I started doing the numbers in my head where it was like, man, if I do, if I do 10 of those in a year, if I close one of those deals a month, what would that mean for my business? You know, if I could take the momentum of that, you know, what could I, could I break those? Could I take that deal and the content I develop and the things that I do, the strategies I develop for that customer, can those things then be repurposed and sold uh, in other ways? So my, my wheels were turning. I started to get really energized around sales, which, you know, if you're a business owner in any way, you know that sales is ubiquitous with being a business owner. I mean, you got to sell. You're always selling. Uh, it's pretty much just the name of the game is, well, I'm bad at sales. Okay, well, then your business isn't going to make it. It's just the bottom line. Um, because when you're new, when you're young in your business, you don't have the capital to hire a salesperson. You know, maybe if you're a startup, which by the way, in the startup world, I so encourage you to bootstrap. I so encourage you to, um, get a feel for what you sell and what your, your users or your customers think of it. Like really like honing in on that conversation and innovating your product and really improving the overall quality of it. I think there's a real journey there that's valuable to becoming a stronger business owner that you don't always get when someone else funds your business. And that's not to knock anyone who, who does find investors for their business. I've just noticed that more often than not, most people are asking the question of how do I find funders rather than how do I be a really good founder? Um, so all that to say, you're always selling. You're always trying to figure out how do I convince someone to put their money that's in their pocket into my pocket in exchange for some good or service that I am offering to them. And this can be something as simple as a very literal service, like I'll... Um, you know, I'll mow your lawn for you to something that is a more um, intangible service like consulting or educating or training or what have you. At the end of the day, what people pay you is what they perceive to be the value that you have, the value that you're offering for your business. And money is a really great way to demonstrate that. So all that to say, it doesn't matter what you think is valuable about your business, 
What matters is what your customers find valuable. This is a really challenging conversation in many cases because the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed entrepreneur who maybe quit their job, which that was my story. I quit a full-time salaried job to start Good Advice. And so you have all this aspirations and optimism and energy around your business and you see the value in it. And that value probably is there to some degree, but in many cases, we don't always know how to talk about our value. We don't always know how to talk about the problems that we're solving and why not only are we passionate about it, but why we're creating real outcomes for the customers who choose to do business with us. That is the sales conversation. That is the purpose that sales um, drives us towards. It's figuring out how do I communicate the value that I know I have in a way that you can resonate with so that you eventually buy from me. And you might say, well, no, that's marketing. And it's like, yes, I'm actually using these interchangeably, which if you're a marketer, if you're a salesperson, you've been like a long-term of either, you're probably instantly offended, like, hold on, these are not the same thing. And I agree with you, they're not. But in terms of, of making the sale, you are essentially in a conversation, a phone call, an interaction with someone where you are laying your cards on the table and saying, here is you know, product X or service Y that I want to give to you. I want Z amount of dollars back from it. Yes or no. <laughs> and the person's either going to be like, let's do it. Or they're going to be like, um, no, I don't think so. Actually, what most people are going to do is they're going to say, well, let me think about that. And then they're never going to call you again. Or they'll say, well, let me talk to my husband. Let me talk to my wife. And then they're never going to call you again. Um, or they're going to say, yes, I of course want to do that. And then they whew, disappear. You never hear from them again. And, uh, I, I know that pain. I've experienced that pain. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, sales is really tough. And I've been thinking about, you know, in this time that I'm in where I've just been energized around sales, um, this big sale has been a, um, it's motivated me to, to think more about, okay, what is the limit on what I can sell in 30 days? And not that I wasn't interested before, it's that I, it's that, you know, as a business owner, you have so many things you're managing. I mean, you're always spinning so many plates and juggling so many balls that there's just, and I don't know how you operate, but for me personally, there's like times where I'm in like creator mode. And so I'm thinking about content. I'm thinking about content I want to share. I'm thinking about the podcast. Like I see like a news article and I'm like, oh man, that's a, I, I need to talk about that on the podcast. That's really interesting. I really like that. Um, other times I'm in um, a leadership role or management role where I'm thinking about giving feedback to someone. I'm thinking about um, coaching someone. Hey, you made, this, you made this decision and I don't think it was the right decision. Here's why. And here's what I would prefer you to do next time. Uh, and thinking about how do I frame that and talk about that in a way where the person now isn't crushed, but they're like, totally, yeah, I get that. Let's get after it. Let's keep going. And you know, they can receive the feedback well. And then there's times where I'm wearing the sales hat and I'm in sales mode. And I'm thinking, okay, let's let's get after this. Let's sell. Let's sell and let's make some money for the business. And I don't wear those hats evenly. There are just times when, you know, as any other normal person, um, it, those different modalities sort of wax and wane based on whatever's happening in my business for better or worse, 
right? I mean, there have been people, not just myself, but there's been people that I've talked to who they've been in heavy creator mode and they're producing content. They're working on their website, what have you. And I've been like, dude, you got to get out there and sell. Like, seriously, you're not bringing any money in. You got to get out there and sell. Like, that's where your mind should be right now. Uh, and I've been thinking of that, not just of this other sale. I've just been thinking, we just had a second kid. Uh, we just brought our second child into the world, a young boy. His name is also Blake. And he's a handsome, cute guy. Um, all that to say, uh, that's also got me thinking about, okay, yeah, I, I need to start bringing in some extra money because my wife, who also runs a business, she runs a business called Culture Connection, and it's an awesome side hustle. It does around probably $25,000, dollars a year, probably less since COVID and since having a kid, um, probably even quite a bit less now. But her not being able to spend attention on that um, has just got me thinking, okay, I need to, I need to go sell, seller crazy, I guess, um, be sales minded. And so I've been having conversations with people and this is going to sound so familiar with you. A number of conversations where I will talk to someone, I'll have a conversation with someone. I'm having these conversations all the time and Blake Ben's today, like good advice today is so much better in the sales game compared to four years ago. Four years ago, um, so like, let's say, for example, I am great at leadership and someone's talking about how much they are struggling with leadership. They're like, oh, my employees are quitting. It's so hard. You know, in, in previous, like early, early, early good advice, I wouldn't have wanted to come across as like a sleazy salesperson. I wouldn't have wanted to, um, you know, I just was so anti-selling and it was hard for me to understand that I could still be genuine and sell and those things go hand in hand i understand that now but at the time i felt like if i tried to sell someone it would come across like my intentions would have come across as suspicious or disingenuous or you weren't really having a conversation with me we weren't really getting coffee you were just trying to sell me and that was my own bias with sales because that is what we are inundated with on a day-to-day -day basis we get Inbox DM after DM after DM, think about your last 10 connections on LinkedIn or your last whatever on whatever social media platform you use. I'm willing to bet that nine out of 10 of those were people who were trying to sell you something. I know for me on LinkedIn, it'd be 10 out of 10. The last 10 would have all been people trying to sell me something. And the conversation typically always goes the same way. It is, hi, looking to connect. And then immediately it's the copy-paste paragraph that's like, we've worked with so many businesses. We've worked with, and so for my industry, it's coaching consulting. We've worked with, you know, 500 coaches and consultants in the last, you know, 30 days. And we've brought in an average of $20,000 a month, yada, yada. Would this be something that you, you know, and so whatever, have, whatever, you, all that to say, that was in my bias whenever I thought about sales. If someone was opening like their life to me and they were saying, man, I'm really struggling with this. This is really hard. Uh, it was hard for me to then be like, hey, I can help you with that. Like that's, that's, that's exactly what I do for a living. Because again, my, my bias was thinking if I did that, I would damage the relationship. And so then what would happen is the person, and I'm going to be just exaggerative for effect, but the person would be like, man, I wish I just knew someone who could help me. And I'd be like, I'm right here. I'm right in front of you, you know? Um, and then after enough months of like no money at all and being like, what am I doing? Uh, I, I had to teach myself to get really comfortable with those conversations. And so now 
someone's talking about how they feel stuck in there. I was just, literally just talking to someone yesterday who they were like, I just feel stuck. I feel stuck in my business. And I was like, you know, I can help you with that. Like that's, that's actually something I'm pretty good at. And I've come to terms with now being like, Hey, this is a gifting I have. It's, it's like walking in your own authority, your comfort and your ability and being like, Hey, I'm not going to walk in fear of what you might think of me, what you might say about me, way, how you might perceive me. And like this supposed fear, like the person may never even think about this, but like this anxiousness that I had created in myself. And I was like, if I can help someone, I'm just going to tell them, Hey, I can help you with that. And so I was in a conversation with someone yesterday who, like I mentioned, they were like, man, I just feel stuck. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can help you with that. You know, I can help you with that. So, and I feel comfortable today saying those kinds of things and then still being intentional, still being genuine, still being value first, you know, where someone's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, you should do that. Or, Hey, I wouldn't do that rather than being like, well, if you're going to ask me a question, you know, you're going to pay me. Um, I try not to be too obnoxious about that kind of stuff, but all that to say, um, we're 15 minutes in here. Let me get to what I wanted to talk about in the first place. So I've been having these conversations with people who, and this, this, you know, full disclaimer as a, you know, pretty normal guy, um, this is going to come across as kind of self-serving and a bit arrogant. And I want to, I want to just tell you that I don't mean it that way. If you know me, you already know this isn't an issue, but if you're like a random person coming across the podcast, um, I, I just, I don't want you to then think that I think I'm like the world's gift to sales because I'm not, but I, I do want to talk in the, I want to give that sort of perspective from the get go before I say what I'm about to say. And that is, I'm pretty freaking good at my job. I'm really good at working with a business owner who's lost, who's overwhelmed, who's stuck, who's thinking, how do I go to the next level in my business? I'm really good at jumping into their business and making sense of it and being like, let's build some systems here. Let's put some processes in here. Let's get clarity around this. Uh, let's think about your customers. How are we turning your customers from the average buyer into the raving fan who loves to buy from you? Like how are we building in processes that develop that customer journey for them, the customer experience, uh, especially for bigger organizations when they have employees. I'm freaking really good at the whole management conversation. You know, how do you turn the average employee into a rock star who loves working for you? That's a conversation I've had a thousand times over, and I'm really comfortable having that conversation. All that to say, whenever I sit down with someone and they say, I'm stuck, or my employees, they're quitting, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do, and I'm like, hey, I can help you with that. And then they decline to work with me. And this isn't, I mean, sometimes it's, it's not always the right timing. Like sometimes for people, it's like, yes, I want to work together, but I just can't right now, but I will in 30 days or I will in 60 days. And that's, that's the nature of sales, by the way. It's the nature of like cash flow is, you know, a lot of times people are delaying work. They're delaying contracts, um, you know, time of year, industry, what happens, whatever happens, it, it just happens. Right. But Ignoring those things, let's say it's someone who does have the money, they do have the, um, you know, it is the right time and they decline to work with me. I don't take it personal. I don't take offense to it where I'm like, how dare they? Because uh, sometimes people can take offense to it. They can be like, well, you don't know what you're missing out on. 
Um, I've had customers, I've had business owners share stories about customers who left them and they were like, well, I didn't want to work with them anyway. And I'm like, well, you're just saying that it's like, you know, you dumped me, but really I was going to dump you anyway. I mean, it's like, yeah, sure, buddy. So I don't really get offended by it. It does constantly get me thinking about my sales acumen. You know, I'm always thinking about, okay, how do I have, how do I handle this better? How do I do a better job? I, I really feel like sales is a time-tested skill set that you develop and hone through reps and experience and years in the field. It doesn't mean I don't I think there are people who are prodigies who they just naturally take to sales. You know, they get in front of someone and just instantly they're amazing. Uh, I, that was not my story. I feel like I'm pretty good at sales now. I don't think I was good at all in the first place. But so when I get in front of someone and they decline to work with me, I don't take it personal or feel like, how dare you? What I do think about, and this is something that I was thinking about yesterday, was I was talking to someone who they were like, man, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my business. And I was like, in my head, I was thinking like, dude, I can totally, like we could turn this whole thing upside down and get this going, bringing in customers, bringing in revenue. And maybe I I don't know if I just need to say that. I think it could be a little desperate to come across that way. But in my head, I was thinking like, man, like I just know where we would take this thing, where we would take your business. I just know it. I just, I, I've already done it. It's like, I just, I just already see it. And I was walking away from that conversation thinking this person isn't quite there. I was assuming, I don't actually know, obviously I walked away thinking, okay, this person, the trust factor isn't quite there yet. It's not quite there yet. And this is ultimately, I think, why people choose not to buy from us is that we don't always build the trust factor as well as we need to. Sometimes it's a lack in sales acumen. You know, I, I didn't pick up on the, on the nonverbal cues. I didn't recognize what they were actually saying. I didn't do a good job listening. Uh, maybe I rushed it to the actual sales pitch. There's a lot of nuance there that you can think through. But ultimately, when someone opts not to buy from us, it's because we have not built trust with them. Because people who trust you, people who trust you, when you say, I can help you, they believe it. And they realize, they really believe that the results you're offering, they're like, yeah, I need that. I want to do that. And so I've been thinking about this factor of trust. And I was thinking about, okay, I had this big sale come in, $21,800. And that was from a customer who's known me four years now. So it essentially took four years of nurturing the relationship, building the relationship, and, and you know, ultimately getting us to a position where when the job opened up, when the time came for us to work together, it just made sense. I've had other customers who've bought from me on the first conversation. And I was thinking back to, okay, what did I do really well in those first conversations that built enough trust for that person to say, let's do it. And that's what I want to give you today is what are the tangible ways that you can be speedy towards building trust with someone? Because it's not always easy. And as you know, with trust in general, as the expression goes, slow to acquire, easy to lose, hard to maintain, 
um, but extremely powerful in relationships, extremely meaningful for your business. And I think this question of like speediness to being trustworthy is important because your business doesn't always have four years to wait for a relationship to mature, to wait for a relationship to bloom into something special. You know, like when COVID came in, that caused a lot of businesses to have to pivot in really meaningful ways. And so if, if you don't have the time to wait for trust to develop, and that's not just with your customers, but with your employees, you know, if your employees don't trust you and you just turned your business to entirely remote, um, it's going to be an interesting next six months or in our case, two years, right? So the trust factor is valuable because when your business has to pivot or it has to shift or something happens outside your control, the trust factor allows you to stay agile because now you don't have to over explain things. Uh, you don't have to worry about offense. Like now I don't have to worry about that employee who's pissed off at me because they know my intentions. They trust my intentions. And so it's one or two or three less conversations that we have to have. You know, if I'm if if I'm trying to bring in serious cash for the business and I can go have coffee with someone and close them and then go have coffee with someone else and close them and then have coffee with someone else and close them rather than each of those three people, you know, putting it on the calendar for a month out or two months out or three months out and then eventually closing all of them in the next 12 months. It, it's I mean, it's it's a no brainer that it makes more sense for your business to be able to close people sooner than later and to have your employees feel like they can trust your leadership sooner than later. So how do you build trust fast? How do you build trust fast, especially if you're in an environment where you can't necessarily wait? And I think there's a few answers for that. Um, a couple of these answers are very, um, I don't want to call it fluffy, but they're a bit more abstract. And then some of them are, you know, and, and true to the name of the podcast, uh, practical, tangible things that you can be doing. And again, this is all grounded in the concept of how do I build trust fast with someone? How do I build trust fast with someone uh, in, a, in a genuine way, not in a manipulative way? I think the first one is just being vulnerable, being vulnerable to people. I think showing your humanness, your humanity to someone, it's things that people can naturally relate to and cling to. So like me, for example, when I'm talking to a new business owner, it would be easy for me in today's social media world to hype myself up, to talk big about myself. Um, you know, it's a brand new business owner. They're looking for help. And for me to be like, oh yeah, when I made my first million, when I made, oh, I remember I made my first $100,000. Oh yeah, I made a 20K sale. Uh, I'm not a millionaire, by the way. I'm just, I'm talking in extremities here. But being like, yeah, if I, yeah, I, I remember that. Oh, it was so easy. Oh, so it was, oh, I, I totally have figured out now. Hey, just do these things. You're gonna make a lot of money and then like sell them that. I could definitely do that. The problem though with that, and I apologize, it's it's been a really long day. And so I'm like, I'm at the end of like my my speaking energy for the day. The problem with that is I think people are keen to understand when things don't pass the sniff test. And so you say how amazing you are, how incredible it is. Like 
me, for example, I see this in social media. Someone posts, oh my gosh, um, you know, and it's like a picture of them holding a sign that says grateful. And I'm like, okay, what's this? And they say, oh, I can't believe 30 days ago when I quit my job waiting tables, I had no idea that I'd be making a million dollars every three months, you know, with this one simple trick with sales, yada, yada. Like we see that kind of stuff and we're like, okay, really? So you quit your job and then a month later you're a millionaire? Like, really? Like, why is, why am I just hearing about you on Facebook? Why, why is there not every single news station, Shark Tank, whatever business media function out there? Why are they all not swarming your house and calling you and talking to you? Because you are apparently a prodigy. I mean, Tesla, Elon Musk gets a lot of hype for his entrepreneurial uh, affinity, but Tesla has been built over years, not days. Same is true with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Same is true with literally any other, you know, meaningful business. It's never happened overnight. And so I could very easily in those first conversations bring, build myself up, talk about how amazing I am, how easy it's been. What I typically honestly do is I'm just really honest. I'm vulnerable. I'm human. And so someone talks about how they burned a lot of cash in one area with their business. And I'm like, I totally get that. I burned $15,000 on marketing and I didn't see a penny back on it. Literally not one penny back on it. And I had people who were incredibly wealthy, who seemed incredibly proficient in the marketing game, who gave me the guarantee, who said this will work. And then it didn't work. And that was my own naivety of not being able, myself not being able to pass the sniff test. So for me, I'm usually pretty honest. I was talking to a guy today about, um, he was in a leadership issue, a management issue, and someone he had to let go and how it just felt really bad. He just felt, it just, he felt like his intentions were really good and he had to let someone go. And I said, yeah, I get that. I get that. And I said, you know what? Frankly, for me, uh, I feel like I'm a good boss, but I've had people who've worked for me who've been like, dude, you're, all, you're amazing. You're awesome. I love working for you. You're the best boss I ever had. And I said, there are probably just as many people. Uh, I mean, I can, I can literally think of some who would say, Blake was a terrible boss. Uh, I hate that person. <laughs> Maybe not that extent. But, um, and I was talking to this guy and I was like, I, I still think about those people. Not in the sense of like, um, um, my, like I'm, I'm bummed about how they perceive me, but I think about them in terms of, okay, how did I miss it as a boss? What could I have done differently to meet their needs better? Cause clearly I didn't. And, uh, it actually reminds me of a friend of mine who was a, a really great business guy who there was a, another business person who was like revered in the business world. And it came out that he was having an affair and it was a really huge scandal. And my friend, this business guy, he, we were talking about it at lunch and he said, you know, I'm really not surprised. And I said, really? I said, why? And we were commenting on how this person always had so many accolades. And he said, you know, Blake, when someone is described, when you, when someone gets, when you, when people talk about someone else and it's always amazing over the top what have you, I've just learned that it's never the full picture. What is typically the full picture is when people talk about someone who's flawed and their flaws come up, mistakes come up, and it's like, yeah, that's human. That is normal. 
So I've tried to demonstrate that same thing for my own business. I'm pretty open about customers who um, were really great. And I'm pretty open about the customer here or there who I feel like, man, I really whiffed that. I really messed that up. Oh, I should have done that differently. Um, I should have handled it differently. I should have been more direct. I should have taken more control uh, in terms of how they were approaching our business together and so on and so forth. And I, I think there are people out there who'd be like, man, that really discounts your, your brands. But I would say it doesn't. I think it's normal. I think it's honest. And I think it's human. And I think we need more of that in business. I think the, now obviously, um, you know, you don't have to tell like literally every story. Um, this is not the case for me, but let's say that you worked with someone and you burned up $10,000 of their cash and you took them nowhere. Uh, and then they went out of business and now they're living on the street corner. They're, you know, it was a guy and his whole family left them and, you know, he eventually died. I mean, I, I don't know if I would tell, <laughs> I don't know if I would tell everything, you know, there is such a thing as sharing too much, but you might be like, yeah, there's been some customers that I, I wish I could have done different, done a better job on or what have you. But that honesty, that vulnerability, that transparency goes a long way in building trust with someone. And I think the sooner you're looking to connect with someone or your eagerness to connect with someone, the faster that trust factor then comes. Uh, the other thing with that too is I think owning who you are, owning yourself, it's sometimes like building trust with someone is less about how do I build trust with every person I meet and instead understand that concept of like attracts like in that the people who are going to be instantly trusting you, who are immediately going to trust you, are the ones who are just natural fits for you. They're the ones who are probably going to be great customers of yours, but that's not going to be everyone. It won't be everyone. And so whenever you get matched up, so to speak, with that person who is not a good fit, like you are polar opposites in the sense of how you approach business, how you view business. It's like, for example, I had a woman who she was talking to me about, uh, she was trying to connect me with someone else and was like, yeah, they don't believe in time off. Uh, they believe that you should work for uh, one year without any time off. And then that proves that you're worthy of time off after that. And was like, yeah, I need to connect you to work with this person. Yada, yada. And I was like, Hey, you know, and actually the more she said, the more I was like, yikes, like reek, reek, reek. Like, I don't want to work with this person. And so I actually stopped her and said, Hey, you know what? Actually, I don't think that is a good relationship for me, but like, thank you for thinking of me. Like, I really, I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for the referral, but I, I just don't see that being a good relationship for me. And I said that because I was from the get-go, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm going to go focus on someone else who I gel with much better and who we have similar philosophies in business. Um, what I, if I didn't do that, what would instead happen would be, would be that I would sit down with this person and then I would drive myself crazy, exhausting myself, trying to learn how to connect and ultimately build trust with this person. So that's the more intangible side of it. The tangible side of it is the quickest way to build trust is to focus on your brand. Focus on building your brand into something that people can look at and say, wow, there's quality with that. So I have the podcast. We're almost up to 300 episodes. I have a newsletter that goes out. I have social media platforms that I'm posting on constantly. And I have reviews that I'm open to share. In fact, when I finish with a customer, I don't always do a good job with this. And sometimes I have customers, it's like an awkward like I have some customers who I've worked with so long at this point that I'm like, hey, I, 
at some point I just need to ask them for a review because we're never going to stop working together if that makes sense. Um, but so um, how much you invest in the quality of your brand is going to go so far in communicating trust with your customers. Perfect example. So I have the podcast. I had a woman uh, worked with the business out of like Wisconsin or Michigan or what have you. We're on the phone. Uh, it's a one call. It's a one call. It's the first time we've talked on the phone before. Hi, how are you? What do you do? This is what I do. This is what, how I'd like to help. Yada, yada, yada. We have the sales call. She says, okay, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Send me a proposal and I'll get back to you. Well, so I send the proposal. Instantly emails me back, says, I'll get back to you. I'm going to think about this. Well, what I then send as a follow-up is I say, hey, in the meantime, while you are kind of figuring things out, I'd love for you to check out the podcast. Um, in fact, check out this one specific episode because I actually address exactly the problem you're facing on this episode. So it might even help you out to not even have to hire me, uh, which I knew she was going to. But <laughs> so before you, you know, you say like you talked yourself out of the deal, but I was like, you might even want to check this out. It might be, might answer all your questions. So I sent that to her. And she had told me the previous email was probably going to be a few days. Well, I sent the podcast. She immediately responded, I love this. Let's work together. The deal was literally signed and done that day. That was a one call conversation. Someone who had never met me before, didn't live in my state, never heard of good advice or Blake or what have you. And in one conversation, she was buying from me because I had invested in the brand, which immediately communicated trust. It created trustworthiness because it was like this person's consistent. They're not out of their garage. They've been around. And so for you, that is then where the value comes in for managing a social media account. That's where the value comes in and asking people for reviews. I was talking to a guy who runs a business and I said, man, you don't have any reviews. And he's had hundreds of customers. And he's like, man, we just don't ever ask for it. And I was like, why? Like you're killing yourself in terms of the trust you could be building with people. You got to ask for reviews. And so these are ways that are so simple, but if you don't put attention to them, uh, you're going to miss the opportunity you have to really build trust in easy, practical ways. So wherever you are in your business, wherever you are in the sales world, think about how to build trust faster because it's going to pay off in the short term rather than waiting for all these relationships to build up to a sale farther down the road. All that to say, hey, I have run myself ragged on this conversation. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I'd love for you to email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Tell me what you think about the episode, think about the podcast. And more importantly, if you have a really great way to build trust with your customers, clients, your employees, I'd love to hear about it. And if it's a really great one, I'd love to even spotlight it on the podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support the podcast. If you like what we're doing here, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash good advice. I so appreciate you and your support. And hey, that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.